Welcome back to Boilers and Beyond. I'm Jordan Jones. We are back here today to talk some Purdue football for the first time in more than three months here on the show. Uh, the spring game was on Saturday in Rossaid Stadium. I was there to take it in. I'm sure many of you were there as well, or if not, I'm sure many were watching live on the Big Ten Network. We're going to talk Purdue football here today. Take a look at where the team is as we exit spring practice and we enter the long wait until Big Ten Media Days, fall camp gets rolling. Uh, the long summer is here as we wait for football time. Uh, so we'll talk all that and then at the end we'll touch on a few basketball thoughts uh, as the news cycle never ends there. But first, just want to say, as always, if you don't Follow the show on Twitter, at Boilers Beyond. Uh, we are always there talking sports, hanging out, uh, going over any Purdue news once it hits. So be sure to follow along there and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, available pretty much everywhere. And we're not going to stop this offseason. Uh, we'll have occasional off weeks. I'm trying to come up with some topics. I know there's some I want to hit on. And if there's anything that you all would like me uh, to go more long form on, be it something historical with Purdue, something more Big Ten or national landscape of college athletics, you know, hit me up, send me a DM, tweet me, uh, any of that good stuff, because we have plenty of time to kill uh, this summer while we wait for the season to get here. And just want to say thank you to all of you for listening along this year. You know, with basketball season wrapped up, football season was great. Uh, just thank you to everyone who listened all year, everyone who hopped on board this year. Uh, we had a fun time. Lots of good stuff to talk about despite the tough ending for basketball. We had a fun year here. I'm very much looking ahead, uh, looking forward to what's ahead here in the next academic year, but I want to jump into the football spring game here. Uh, the defense takes it from the offense 45 to 42, and before you ask, I, I wish I could explain the defensive score system. I, I don't know that I really can. Um, it was on the video board at one point. I'm sure TV did a better job explaining it for those of you who watched on the Big Ten Network, but the defense did win the day, in my opinion. Uh, more into that soon. It was freezing out there. Uh, not a great day for football, or a great day for football, depending on how you look at it. Uh, certainly, it was the type of weather that Bears fans love referring to as bear weather. But a lot of players who didn't play due to some injury. Uh, so it was a skeleton roster to some degree. But nonetheless, it was a great day in Ross Aid. Got to check the group out, see some young guys. And again, the long wait to fall camp is here. I believe we're 144 days. I'll double check that now. Um, because, yeah, the countdown is on 144 days until the season kicks off. You know, I wanted to go in just a little bit group by group here. Uh, starting with the quarterbacks, because the annual spring game tradition is that you get to see 
the newest quarterback recruit who's on campus, who's enrolled. Um, and at Purdue, there's been a lot of intrigue here. I remember going to see Elijah Sindelar in his first spring game and Danny Etling and Austin Appleby and David Plow. I mean, there were plenty of highly regarded quarterbacks that you get to see. Uh, so the intrigue's always there. Aiden O'Connell played a couple series. He didn't do a whole lot. Uh, just one of seven passing for six yards. Um, didn't look well connected with the receivers. Obviously a group that he has really never thrown to before. Uh, we'll get into the receivers who are who were missing in a moment, but you know that's nothing to be concerned about. Purdue enters this season with a solidified starting quarterback for the first time since 2019 when Elijah Sindelar was your guy. Um, the backup quarterback spot is where I was very interested in looking on Saturday to see what that separation looked like because, you know, the default thought was that when Austin Burton announced that he was coming back and then also when Michael Lamo went into the transfer portal subsequently withdrew just a few days later. But my thought there was that Burton had the inside track on the number two job. It's certainly going to be a battle because when you watch these guys, it's no doubt that Burton's advantage comes with his legs. Uh, he runs the ball well. He is more mobile than Aiden O'Connell for sure, but also I think a Lamo as well. But with that being said, I thought for a guy in his fifth year, I'd see a little more than what we saw on Saturday. Again, it wasn't a great day for the quarterbacks at all. Uh, just from looking at the stats here, um, no one was above 50% passing, at least none of the four actual scholarship quarterbacks that played in the spring game. No one was above 50%. Brady Allen was there at 50%, and that was it. But we saw a really bad decision lead to an interception. Not a whole lot going deep down the field for Burton. Um, didn't see a ton there. And then with Michael Lamo, you know, the reports on him have always been, it's been a long transition to Jeff Brom's offense because Lamo came from a very run-heavy high school offense out in New Jersey, and Purdue's offense is anything but run-heavy. Throws the ball downfield a lot. Uh, you wouldn't have known it from looking at him because he took some shots into some tight windows. Didn't always work out, but he has some confidence back there. He has a big arm. Uh, he plays with some energy. There wasn't some ridiculous amount of separation between the two. I think ideally you'd like that to change. You, you want to have a n strong number two guy uh, should, and knock on wood, you hope nothing happens, but should Aiden O'Connell get hurt, uh, whether it's just briefly, you know, the wind knocked out of him, someone's got to handle a series or, you know, a game or more, you'd like to have a good number two option. I think you're still searching for who that guy is and how how comfortable you are with that. That's a question mark. So there's going to be some serious competition between those two. 
All eyes were on Brady Allen, no doubt. The four-star recruit from Southern Indiana uh, won a state championship in, what was it, 4A this year. Um, good to see him out on the field. I mean, he has your prototypical quarterback body, 6'5", 6'6", long, thin guy, um, great build. He had a really nice-looking touchdown throw going to the right side. Uh, that was really good-looking. Wow, so much to like about him. Uh, he is filled with promise. He will redshirt this fall, uh, almost entirely guaranteed. And then the 2023 battle is likely going to be him and Michael Alamo. So you look ahead, and there's there's promise at the quarterback position for Purdue. But I don't know that that backup spot is completely solidified yet. Not the worst problem to have. You, Jeff Brom loves competition. Uh, but we'll see what that looks like as we get deeper into fall camp. You know, as I said, the receiving core especially uh, was a skeleton crew compared to what Purdue has. Very limited. Uh, the guys who were out, Milton Wright missed most of spring practice. He's dealing with academic issues, uh, so he didn't play on Saturday. Remember, he was ineligible for the bowl game against Tennessee as well. And then injured. You had TJ Sheffield, Brock Thompson. Uh, Sheffield hurt his ankle in the bowl game against Tennessee. Thompson was already hurt before that and got hurt worse in that game. Uh, Mershon Rice, Abdurrahman Yassin, both got hurt back, I don't know, late September, early October against Illinois and Minnesota. Uh, those guys missed the rest of the year, so they're still out. Uh, so who played? Tyrone Tracy, the Iowa transfer, was out there. It was good to see him. Uh, saw Colin Sullivan as, I guess, maybe the second most experienced guy out there, which sounds crazy given that I think the Music City Bowl was really the only time he saw the field last year. Um, but... Yeah, those were your experienced guys. Preston Terrell, a redshirt freshman out of Brownsburg. Good to see him get some action. Uh, I liked what I saw from him, and especially what I saw from uh, Zion Steptoe, the true freshman receiver out of Texas. Thought he had a really nice day. Uh, led the team with five receptions. No one else had more than two. So that was good. Some nice chemistry between him and Brady Allen early. You know, you may look at that here in a couple years as a good connection. The tight end spot was rather thin as well. No Payne Durham, no Garrett Miller. No need to risk injuries with those two. Uh, you saw how important they can be last year, but they were also dealing with injuries uh, a lot of the year. Remember that Michigan State game, Garrett Miller had to play because Payne Durham was really banged up. And Garrett Miller was not healthy by any means in that game, but he had a huge, huge performance still. So um, tight end was thin without those two. Earlier this week, Kyle Billadu announced that he was no longer with the team. Uh, that was reported by Mike Carmen of the Journal and Courier. Uh, so he's no longer with the team. That left Paul Paferi and Drew Bieber as your two options at tight end. 
Bieber is definitely more of a receiving guy at tight end, but there was there was some stuff to see there. I liked what I saw there. Uh, Paferi came on later last year. The converted quarterback looks comfortable at tight end. He's done a nice job there. Very limited though. Uh, tough to glean a whole lot when you know the guys that are out there catching the ball. I mean. A few of these guys, I guess Ben Buchel, um, I think he's on scholarship, but a few of these guys who caught caught passes aren't even on scholarship. So um, that's always tough. But And you saw the same thing with the running backs as well. King Daru didn't see a whole lot of him. He had four carries. Uh, saw Samson James get nine carries. It was awesome to see him get out there. Uh, the Indiana transfer who had to sit out last year, that was really nice. I think there's some serious upside there that Purdue hasn't had from a running back in a while. Uh, certainly less experience than King Daru. Uh, Samson James didn't get a ton of time at Indiana, but I think you have an okay one-two tandem there. Uh, you would certainly... I know Purdue's been very eager to add another running back to that room. They weren't able to do so in the transfer portal yet. That's not to say that they won't be able to. Uh, there will be another wave of guys entering the transfer portal after spring ball. It's just going to happen. Players leave the regular season or bowl season thinking they can go accelerate up the depth chart in spring. Sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. They'll hop in the portal. Purdue may have more opportunities there um, to pick up a running back. And then, you know, it's a spring game tradition where a running back who is either very low on the depth chart or is a walk-on or something gets a ton of carries because you don't want to hurt your main guys, uh, especially with Purdue, who often has not had a whole lot of depth at running back. So Caleb Leahy was the guy this year. Uh, he had 13 carries for 61 yards on the spring game and a touchdown. So uh, good for him. That's always cool. And then we saw some Tyrone Tracy carrying the ball. He's going to play a nice versatile role for Purdue this year. I think he's going to carry the ball some. Obviously, he's a wide receiver. He'll catch the ball some. Uh, but I think we'll see a good amount of versatility from him. Now, you can't talk about the running backs without just pointing out it wasn't the offensive line's best day. Allowing five sacks, probably not ideal. Now, that's a double-edged sword. Maybe that's a good thing for your defense, but um, you'd like to continue to build depth there. Um, they picked up a Kent State transfer last week. You like that. You picked up a... Florida International Transfer, Sion Finau, back in kind of the start of transfer portal season. But he didn't play. He's been hurt a lot of the spring. So it, there were some injuries, sure, but you would still like to get some more depth there on that offensive line because you're going to have to protect Aiden O'Connell at all costs. And if that doesn't happen... Purdue having the success that it need, that it wants to have this year gets a whole lot tougher. Now on the defensive side, as I said, the defense won the day. 
no doubt. Uh, for context, for anyone who didn't see it, the first half, the offense started on its own 25 and went down the field, obviously. Uh, no fourth down attempts. All, you know, if it got to fourth down, it was over. Offense didn't score in the first half. So the defense did a good job. Obviously, they kept the offense off the board the whole time. But that was with, again, a limited group, especially in the secondary. A lot of guys out there. The pass rush was effective. They got to the quarterback five times for sacks. It was good to see some young guys, too. There's some real depth in the defensive line group. You saw Corday Sidnor, Yanni Karlaftis, Joe Anderson. They all recorded sacks. Remember Joe Anderson, the South Carolina transfer. I thought he was going to have a bigger role last year. Uh, I think this year, maybe this is when he breaks out a little bit. I mean, you saw Scotty Humpich, the Murray State transfer, who early returns are high on him. He generated some pressure. And all of those names, and there's more out there, but all those names are guys that are going to help bolster that group because you have Kydron Jenkins, you have Jack Sullivan as kind of your main two returners. You have that group. I don't know if Joe Strickland or Nick Carraway will be instant impact guys, but I'm incredibly high on both of them. You know, Strickland's going to play the more traditional defensive end role. Carraway is going to be more at that Leo spot where Kydron Jenkins and Scotty Humpich are. Um, Yanni Karloftis there as well. Corday Sidner, Joe Anderson, Jack Sullivan, more the defensive end side. That's a really good group. That's a really good group of pass rushers. The interior is solid as well. Lawrence Johnson, Branson Dean, um, DeMar J. Lewis. Sorry, blanked there for a second. So a lot of good, a lot of good uh, players there up front for Purdue. Saw Samisi Fakasieki back on the field. Seventh season at Purdue is underway. Uh, it was good to see him. He missed all of last year with an injury that he suffered in uh, fall camp early on. And same with good to see back on the field, Antonio Stevens, uh, defensive back. He was seriously hurt versus Nebraska back in December of 2020. Uh, I was I believe they had to bring the ambulance on the field for him. Um, great to see him back in the game and. What did he do? He recorded a stat. Um, had an interception. Yeah, he had an interception on the day. So uh, that was good. Good to see him there. And then, you know, the secondary was limited. But Reese Taylor, the Indiana transfer corner, he was out there. Um, he's going to play a big role. You know, I think the secondary can be really good. You... You had Marvin Grant out. Uh, I don't think I saw Jamari Brown. Uh, Corey Trice still recovering from ACL surgery. Chris Jefferson played. He played nickel last year, got better as the year went on. And then you've got T. Denson. You've got Bryce Hampton, guys from the portal there. Um, Javon Grigsby, he's on his second year at Purdue now. I liked him. I think he's got some potential. So you have a good group back there. 
this could be a really fun defense, I think. Um, that's not something that has been said about a whole lot of Purdue defenses since, you know, 2003 or so. But I think this could be a really fun group. Um, they they have some players back there. They have a lot returning. Um, a lot of those guys you didn't see at all on Saturday. But the defense still did a nice job. Very excited to see what's to come there, especially with a new play caller now in Ron English. I did want to answer the one question we got in Q&A this week from Sam. Um, just wanted to answer that here because it fits in better. Whose performance surprised me and who am I looking forward to seeing more of based on what I saw? In terms of a surprise, Zion Steptoe, uh, for a true freshman just coming in, I thought he looked really good running routes uh, out there, able to get open well. Now, I know the defensive backs weren't your main guys. Sometimes they were not defensive backs that were out there in coverage, but I liked what I saw from him. Corday Sidner certainly popped. I didn't know what to expect from him, but two sacks wasn't what I expected. Uh, he looked really good early on, too. Uh, right away, he looked good. He's someone that I think might end up competing for playing time this fall. I don't want to get too overreactionary because it's just the spring game, but if he can compete, that's certainly a positive. And then who am I looking forward to seeing more of? Man, Samson James, uh, no doubt. Um, just because I think you've seen enough from what he did at Indiana in limited action, what he was coming out of Avon in high school, and what he can be now at Purdue. He can be a pretty good running back, I think. Now, by no means is he going to be Herschel Walker. But that's not what Purdue needs. Purdue just needs someone to give you 10 to 15 quality carries a game. Um, you know, they don't need 100-yard rushers. But it would be nice to not finish dead last in the Big Ten and rushing for what I think would be the fourth straight year. I think it's been three years in a row now. Um, so, yeah, Samson James, certainly an interesting prospect. And also looking forward to seeing... A little bit more Scotty Humpich. Uh, here, heard some good things about him, how he popped in spring practice. You know, sometimes those guys who transfer in for one last year, they're hungry. Uh, and there's going to be some opportunity there. Uh, Kydron Jenkins, very good at the Leo spot, but that's not a spot where you're taking every single snap. Uh, you're getting after the passer. You're going to get tired. So I think Humpich will have some good opportunity there. You know, I tweeted at the end of the game because the spring game is the time for optimism and it's time to appreciate some things. And I remember coming to the spring game back in 2017 when Jeff Brom had just taken over and the most fun part of the day was a fake flea flicker um, that the ball was carried on um, instead of flicking it back to the quarterback. And, you know, just looking at that game back then, thinking, man, you know, the win total is going to be three, three and a half. If you go over that, that's a good year. Man, it could be three, four years before we're getting to a bowl game. Certainly things didn't turn out that way. The first two years were great. 
it's been an interesting run of five years, but just where the program is now, the amount of depth that's built up, it's remarkable. You know, you're seeing solid three-star recruits come in and not contribute right away. You're seeing quality transfers come in. They're not relied on right away. And that's awesome. You look at last year, quality transfers, Joe Anderson from the SEC, OC Brothers from the SEC, two really good players who on Purdue teams in the past, you would have known they're going to be starters right away. Not anymore. Not how Purdue is right now. I'm not saying that Purdue's Alabama by any means, but you look at the wide receiver room and there's there's so much depth there. You know, in the guys to watch this year, didn't even mention Elijah Canyon, the transfer from Auburn. I mean, he's a 662, excuse me, 64, 220-pound frame. That's a lot to like. That's game-changing size, game-changing length. And you're not even really talking about him. That's pretty awesome to where Purdue is now. Um, you did, there, you've got so many guys on the defensive line, like we went through, that can contribute this year. Guys in the secondary who can contribute. I mean, heck, you lost a highly regarded tight end recruit this week in Kyle Billadu. And... It wasn't a big story. It just what, you know, it is what it is. He was the number three, if not number four tight end, kind of battling with Paferi there. And by the end of last year, Paul Paferi had overtaken him there. So Purdue's doing a great job of building up depth. You're on to the summer now. And your number one priority comes here in early May. And that is Milton Wright's academic standing. Uh, you need to get him on the field. You need to get him eligible. I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know what's needed, but you got to find a way to get him eligible because especially in the second half of last season, you saw what he's capable of. Up at Wrigley Field against Northwestern, you saw what type of vertical threat he can be. He can stretch a defense a little bit. He can be your over-the-top guy. He's going to be good in the intermediate passing game. He is a super valuable guy that Purdue really needs to be eligible. It's not the end of the world if he can't play. Again, speaking to the depth that Purdue has built up, uh, but you, you would love him to be eligible because he is very talented. A positive note, uh, at the end of the spring game, Brom said that Sanusi Kane is the only one that he is worried about not being fully healthy for fall camp. Uh, Kane got hurt in spring ball, had surgery recently. Um, But only having one player who may not be good to go for fall camp, that's a plus. That's a pretty – you'll live with that. Um, Obviously, you want, want Kane there. He's a good player. Flash in the Music City Bowl, no doubt. But you're healthy. You want to keep getting healthier, um, get everyone to 100% so that you have a full depth chart going in to you know, August 1st, approximately, uh, whenever camp gets going there. And hey, get ready. Uh, there's going to be a lot of hype between now and September 1st. That's when the season kicks off. You have Penn State under the lights at Ross-Aid, Thursday night game on Fox, most anticipation for a season, 
Who knows? I mean, are we going back to 2005 when we thought the Brandon Kirsch era was going to be big time? We going a year or two before then with Kyle Orton? Maybe a Curtis Painter year in there? Maybe. But it's been a while. Um, it's been a while since the season has been this anticipated for Purdue. Uh, certainly going to be fun to look at the preseason projections and all of that. Um, a football-related note and basketball-related, Board of Trustees meeting on Friday approved quite a bit of money for athletics. Uh, the highlights, $45 million in Ross-Aid Stadium renovations. They're going to have a tunnel from the locker room over at the Kozich Performance Complex going over to the field. That way the team doesn't need to awkwardly cross John Wooden Drive uh, from the east side to the west side to get to the, to the field now, to get to the tunnel. Uh, I guess the makeshift tunnel they have. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool. It'll certainly make the, you know, like the entrance video on the video board. That's going to be cooler with the team coming through a tunnel, you know, kind of like the Nebraska tunnel walk or something. Uh, the Purdue team store that's up in the north end zone, not going to be the Purdue team store anymore. That's going to be a student athlete dining facility. Uh, great. I don't, if there's a need for it, there's a need for it. And that's, that's something that needs to be in there. So they're going to make that. That should be state of the art, super nice stuff there. And then the south end zone is going to be improved. The decade-long conversation about what to do with the south end zone, is it coming to an end? If you've been around a while, you know, the old bleachers that were there that didn't look great, and I believe they were deemed unsafe after the 2013 season. Those got ripped out. Uh, there will be seats added again. Uh, Mike Babinski said somewhere in the three to 5,000 range there, there's going to be connectivity as well so that the rest of the stadium can be connected to the south end zone. I don't really go back there much right now. Uh, my seats are up closer to the north end zone, so I don't really want to miss the game to go down to the south end zone patio, but folks like it. Uh, I think that'll continue to be a part of things, but to get more seating there, I think that's going to be really nice. Um, and to connect it with the rest of the stadium. Cool. That's all good stuff. Jeff Brom was extended through 2027, adding on two years to his current contract. And the best part, if you ask me, was the assistant pool is going up incrementally. It's probably not as much as I would have liked, but uh, that's key. You know, Purdue lost a lot of assistance this year. Some of those were to just circumstance. You know, Jamarcus Shepard got a boatload of money to go to Washington. Brad Lambert going back closer to family to go to Wake Forest. But, you know, you want to make sure that you're competitive there. And that's a good way. Jeff Brom's locked up, so all of that's a positive. And then $6.5 million to Mackey Arena renovations. Uh, men's and women's basketball teams are getting renovated locker rooms and player lounges. I know they're expanding the John Wooden Club for the donors as well. 
That comes at the same time as they're redoing some of the premium seating. You know, the, the nice gold chairs, there aren't many of them that are the, right down there by center court um, on the opposite side from the scorer's table. Those are going to be redone. I think they're going to make them a little bit more efficient, shall we say. Uh, so that's going to be good. Um, it's just nice to see Purdue spending money. There were so many years of penny pinching within the athletic department that it's really nice to see some of this stuff come together. Purdue is starting to be willing to play uh, play with the big boys now, and I think that's going to help them. There's still room to do. Uh, certainly still a lot of room on the NIL front for Purdue to grow. That's something we'll talk about in an episode at some point. Not going to be next week there. That's going to be one I've got to do some research for. So that one's going to take a while, but we're going to have a good episode there. Um, but yeah, very good stuff from the Board of Trustees. Mike Babinski continues to do a very solid job in the athletic department. Wanted to touch on a few final topics here with basketball. Obviously, uh, what's got the fan base buzzing now, Nigel Pack visited Purdue on Thursday last week, considered by many to be the number one transfer available in the country, all Big 12 player at Kansas State, uh, Lawrence Central High School graduate in Indianapolis. Look, received interest from a ton of schools. Uh, you saw Gonzaga, you saw Arizona, you saw Duke on the reports, and he took his first visit to Purdue. Went down to Miami this weekend, I know. And he also said he was going to take a visit to Ohio State. But if you're Purdue, you'll do absolutely anything to make this one happen. Would be an absolute game changer. And potentially the following year. You know, still eligibility left there. Only has played two seasons. So um, Nigel Pack is going to be as desired of a transfer as Purdue has ever gone after. We'll obviously keep you up to date there as more comes out. Eric Hunter Jr. has not ruled out a return to Purdue. He has the COVID year, should he decide to use it. He announced this on Friday. He's declaring for the draft and keeping his college eligibility open. Purdue has two open scholarships for next year, and that's assuming that Eric Hunter is gone. Uh, so... If he were to come back, they would still have one open for another transfer, like Nigel Pack. But, um, you know, Hunter's going to go through the pre-draft process. I, I'd be surprised if he hears something that makes him want to bolt for pro basketball, but I guess you never know. It'll be interesting, though, uh, whether he comes back to Purdue or not. There is a need for guard help. Right now, you've got Ethan Morton, Brandon Newman, Braden Smith, who's coming off foot surgery, and Fletcher Lawyer as your guards. Whether Brian Waddell and Camden Heidi kind of fit in as the three, uh, which Purdue's often used as more of a third guard, I think that's probably where those two fit in. Maybe at the four as well, I don't know. But you can use guard help. And I think, obviously, you want Nigel Pack. Nigel Pack is the gold standard for what you can pick up in an offseason. Uh, but 
Eric Hunter would be a good piece to get back as well. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. And then, you know, the season's over. And we already have the way too early top 25s. Um, you know, the uh, Gary Parrish is top 25 and one. The John Rothstein, 45. Uh, the Athletics, Seth Davis's, all that stuff. A lot of these have Purdue in between 20 and 25 nationally. That surprises me because that's with this current roster of 11 players with a limited group of guards coming back or coming in. Some of these have Mason Gillis playing the three. I don't know that that's realistic. So um, that tells you what the media and the folks in the college basketball world that are pretty well connected think of Matt Painter. Uh, that is very high praise to what is look at what is looked at as losing three starters plus your sixth man of the year in the Big Ten and being a top twenty five team still. Um, now I think Purdue could be that if they were to get Nigel Pack, that would certainly boost up the rankings, but. I just think it's worth noting that some serious respect is being given to the Purdue program by putting them in a top 25 with a lot of unproven guys out there. Um, but you'll take it. Hey, that's all I've got for you this week. Um, I think we'll be back next week, but not positive. Um, just got to see what news and notes come through. So uh, we'll keep you posted on the Twitter if you don't already, follow us there, at Boilers Beyond. Come hang out with us there. Tweet me. Um, I'm on cloud nine with the Cubs right now after a nice 2-1 and one start to the season. So I'll be talking some Cubs stuff, talking plenty of Purdue. Come hang out. Um, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. Plenty of stuff coming this summer. Don't worry. Um, and yeah, if you have any ideas of things to talk about this summer, send them my way, shoot me a DM, tweet it to me, whatever works best. But until next time, enjoy some spring weather, hopefully, as it starts to get nicer here in Indiana.